Hey dudes and dudettes, welcome to Story Freedom, the podcast for those who are ready to unlock the cage that you have been keeping your truest self locked in and to open up that door and to truly embrace you in all of your you-ness, whatever that looks like for you. It's time to question the belief systems that you have been holding on to and release the ones that aren't even your own beliefs through the awareness of your thoughts, your stories, your emotions, and your triggers. I am the host of this jam sesh, Victoria McGinnis. Let's create your story freedom. Hey dudes and dudettes, welcome back to another episode of Story Freedom. And before we dive on in, you know, (laughs) I'll probably have to say this every episode, like give a little prelude to the context of the conversation. But this week we have Jackie motherfucking Robbins on this show with us and I'm wicked excited. Like ever since Drew Live, I just felt drawn to her and just watching her on Instagram and like hearing her, like I just vibe with her so hard. And so... Of course, as soon as we start recording, there was technical difficulties. The Wi-Fi was shooting out and, you know, there were times where I lost her and you'll hear me do a little show tune action there. But it doesn't take away from the powerful content of this conversation. And I am just really excited for you to listen. And I hope that it inspires you and, you know, gives you a chance to look at yourself in a new way because it definitely did for me. And that's what I love about these conversations is not not only do they help me see clearer or see things differently, hopefully they'll do the same for you. Like that's that's my ultimate hope and mission for these interviews is to just get the the word out from different voices and different people and different stories. And yeah, so without further ado, here is the conversation with Jackie and I hope you guys enjoy. Hey dudes and dudettes, welcome back to another episode of Story Freedom. And today in the guest spotlight, we have Jackie motherfucking Robbins. And I am so excited because ever since, like, technically we didn't meet at True Live, but we were in the same vicinity together and like just hearing you on your podcast and I'm just like man this is my person like she just gets it and like I've been saying your name Jackie motherfucking Robbins like forever like since your podcast and you actually said it on your podcast um like two episodes ago and I was like yes we're connected (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I felt so connected with you when you stood on stage and I was like oh this is my soul sister and I don't even know who she is (laughs) and just so you guys all know my podcast didn't happen without Victoria because I am, we were just talking about how untech savvy I am. <laughs> and you were like, there's a bad. <laughs> oh no, I lost you. <laughs> Okay, I think you're back, but I lost you like halfway through that. Oh no. (laughs) I don't even know where I would have left off. Um, So yeah, my podcast never, well actually I shouldn't say never would have been launched, but I was super frustrated and sent out an SOS on Instagram and Victoria answered. Yes, yes, because I was 
I was there. (laughs) I was Googling everything. And then I found like this safe haven of a website, which was anchor.fm. I think I showed you and it just did the work for me. And I was like, yes, like now I don't have to worry about it anymore. Exactly. And like, it's funny because going into it, I really wanted to be on iTunes. Mm -hmm. And when I finally figured out how to get it on iTunes, for some reason, so they denied me because I swear, and there must be a box you have to check for like explicit lyrics. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to not swear because it just, it just is who I am. Like I'm going to do like, I'm going to drop the occasional F-bomb. It's going to happen. Like, I warn people. But my dream was originally to have. Oh, no, I lost you again. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. (laughs) Okay, there we go. All right. Sorry, guys. We're having technical difficulty. I moved. So hopefully this will make it better. Yes. Hopefully. It's all a part of the magic, really. (laughs) It's one of those things where you're like, oh, God, and you want to panic about it, but it's real life. Like, shit happens. Yes. Yeah. And, like, that's why I post my my, uh, episodes, like, unedited. Like, there's sometimes where I chop out, like, blank space but even that I don't even touch because I'm like that's just real life like we have to process our thoughts like it's not just like cookie cut like a script of a moment like it's not a movie absolutely and I would rather listen to the person who's like me the hot mess who like (laughs) has all this stuff going on like her dog is dancing and just wants a treat or like jumps in her lap during something I want the real people, like, I never want to, like, listen to these, like, perfect people that I'm, like, they just make me feel bad about myself. I don't know about you. Like, there are some people I'm just, like, wow, you have it put together, like, and then you do that comparison thing, and you know what they say about comparison, like, totally the death of all joy, and I'll just, like, I don't need to be like that. I'm fine being a little messy and real. Yes, yes, and, like, I think my biggest inspiration is this chick that I follow on Instagram. She does a live video every Monday and like, she just kind of speaks from her heart. Like you can tell she's like unscripted, but she just flows like nonstop while she's talking. It's like the next thing and the next thing. And I was like, I'm inspired by that. I'm going to try that. And so what's funny is my first like four episodes of my podcast, they were kind of scripted where I had like bullet points of like what I was going to say. Oh my God. Same. Same. Yeah. And I was like, I can, like, I can hear it when I listen to it and I don't like it, but it's like, there's some real shit in that. So I'm going to leave them. Like that was like meant to be. Oh yeah. I just like kind of let myself flow and I let myself fuck up and say stupid words or like (laughs) over my words and like, you know, it is what it is. Like, I'm not like, that's, I feel like that's the beauty of me is being Absolutely, and I just want to show that and like help people understand like there's no such thing as perfect like no no and you know what so one of the reasons I actually scripted at first was because I have major squirrel brain so like if I will lose my train of thought I know there's like and I vividly remember this because I had bullet pointed like 
seven ways to boost your confidence. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of it, I thought of one more that I had forgotten to write down. (laughs) And then I like mixed up my numbers and yelled out math. Like, (laughs) it's just like, what's happening? But it was one of those moments where like, for me, I feel like I have this weird, like ADD squirrel brain where it's like, Ooh, shiny quarter. And like, I'm looking in the other direction and I had to make the bullet points so I could like stay on track. But I think sometimes when I go off on a tangent, like (laughs) that actually feels really fun for people. Cause I'll be like, okay, hold on side story right here. Yes. Yes. That's that's how a conversation goes. Exactly. And if yes. you ever, ever you know you have a conversation with me, like you don't know where that's gonna go. <laughs> yes. It's just actually I saw this thing and it was like a Gemini. I don't know if you're a Gemini. But I'm a Gemini! Yes! <laughs> I called it! Yes! Oh, Gemini, well done. But there is like a meme and it's like a regular person story, and it's like a like you know a regular trail and like here's the plot twist and like all this stuff but then it showed the Gemini side and there's all these other different trails where it's like oh, side yeah. story side note like all yes I've stuff. seen that <laughs> oh yeah it's there's only like I have two really good friends and they can always follow my train of thought yes like it's hilarious we can have like four conversations <laughs> in one and I'm always like oh you get me like you're my people because yes. All of a sudden, I'll just say something, and they just roll with it, and I'm like, <laughs> you are my people. Yes, <laughs> and yes. I can't, you you know, like, you can try to change who you are, which is something I tried to do when I was younger. Like, I really yes. used to try to adapt to what I felt like people wanted, or like, you know, when you go in, like, an intimidating room, mm-hmm. and you feel like, okay, like, this is a sophisticated room, like, don't crack a joke, like, be careful of what you say, like, be proper, don't spill yes. anything on your dress, like, I always, <laughs> I'm always gonna spill something on my dress, yes. by the way, um, but I feel like for a long time, like, I would just try to adapt to what other people were kind of Like if they were doing one thing, I would be like, okay, well, that's what you need to do to fit in. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. And I mean, truth be told, I've always been just weird. Like I've always been a weird kid. Like when I was younger, I was a huge Star Wars fan and it wasn't cool back then. Okay. It wasn't cool. Like I'm 38 years old and I vividly remember going to school with Princess Leia buns on my head because that made me happy. And the boys were just like... Star Wars is for boys. Are you kidding me? Either that or they would just be like, what are you even doing? And like, I just got made fun of so much for like being weird that I think at some point in like my 20s, I was like, all right, maybe we just put the weirdness away. But the weirdness is really like my quirky, like semi over the top personality is sort of one of those things that like makes me. And I always feel like, you know what? It's okay if people don't like you. Like it really truly is. As long as you like you. Like that's what I learned over like years of, you know, listening to podcasts, working with coaches, doing personal development. The bottom line is as long as you like you, like that's what matters. And I am not afraid to say like, I love me. I love the person that I am. You know, is every day sunshine and roses? No, (laughs) you know, do I get down on myself? Absolutely. But I'm not going to change who I am because I'm in a room full of people who may not accept me. Yes. That makes sense. Yes, it does. Like I, 
I hope you guys like listening felt that because I felt that whole thing because I felt like you were talking about me because that's exactly how I was. I would walk into a room and I'd feel it would more it was more of a vibe where it's like okay what vibe is in here and like let's go with that vibe and I would just always stick to it and like what's really funny is looking back I would see the little pockets of me coming out where I was like weird or really loud or I'd crack a joke like regardless of what the vibe was and how hard I was fighting my (laughs) yeah you're fighting yourself you're literally fighting yourself yes and what's funny about what you said is how like no not everyone's gonna like you and it's like I had this like argument with myself where I was like, do you like everybody, Victoria? No, <laughs> you don't. So not everybody's going to like you. Like, and it's still like a hard pill to swallow. Like, trust oh, me, yeah. like I am still trying to swallow that red pill. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Not everyone's going to like me, but like, and. <laughs> but there's still that small part that I think wants people to like you. And I will, I have this vivid memory of, I had to have been like 12 years old Mm -hmm. and I came home from school one day. And at the time I was a really naive kid, guys, really naive kid. But I thought that everybody was supposed to like everybody. Like I thought in the whole world, Mm -hmm. everybody was going to just mesh and work out. So there was a girl in school who literally told me she didn't like me. And I came home and I was very upset about it. And my mom was like, what's the matter? And I was like, well, this girl told me that she doesn't like me. And I just truly didn't understand why someone didn't like me. Mm -hmm. And my mom had this really beautiful conversation with me about, you may not understand this now and it might hurt now. She goes, I lost you. I lost you. Oh. (laughs) So I was making like music to let our listeners know, hey, I lost her. (laughs) Technical difficulty. No, but I mean, the bottom line was just, I, I really truly grew up thinking everybody was supposed to like you. And I mean, you're all listening to this. That is just not the case. Like there's, There's definitely too much hate out there. It just would be nice if people just accepted whatever other people would do. I mean, that's that's a pretty tall order. Um, but I think that half the problem is people don't accept themselves, so they're not going to accept other people. Like, it yes. always comes back to you. Yes. So, like, I mean, I do this when I feel like I'm being judgy because, all right, nobody's perfect. Sometimes we look at somebody and we judge them. And it's not nice. It doesn't feel good. But a lot of times, like when I'm doing that, all of a sudden I can like pull myself back and be like, oh shit, this is actually about me. Yes. Like the hate, like the hate and the judgment stuff is usually just about us. Yes. And usually when you judge somebody, the underlining ickiness is because like deep down, you know, you're judging yourself because you're judging somebody else. And it's very true. And like, I've done that on this podcast many times where it's like I meet somebody and I was like whoa I put you in a box and like I'm gonna flat out tell you I put you in a box because that's a reflection of me and I'm like so sorry and I'm sorry Victoria for (laughs) putting you in a box like that and it's very true but you cut off when your mom when you talked about what your mom were saying and I really want to hear what your mom said oh yeah so my mom sat me down and she was just like honey you know I need you to know that 
not everybody is going to like you and that's okay. Your job is for you to like you and to find the people that are just going to accept you. Yes. Yeah, oh. My mom's a pretty smart lady. <laughs> She's, she sounds amazing. Kudos yeah, for your she mom. Was, I grew up in one of those households where like it was a very safe environment. Mm-hmm. I could say whatever I wanted. We were kind of a no holds bar. And I'm really glad that I did because I did grow up with a chronic illness. I mm-hmm. grew up with, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis at age eight. And that is a lot for like an eight-year-old to process. And my parents truly gave me a safe space to ask questions, be upset, scream and yell. I mean, ulcerative colitis is an inflammation of the colon. Like we're talking about poop. Like I literally had a family that was okay openly talking about pooping issues. Yes. <laughs> like, and I know that weirds people out and there's probably people listening to this right now that's just like, oh my God, she just said poop. But like, that's your thing. Like if yeah. that's your thing, like why can't we talk about hard things? Like again, I grew up in a household where like we could talk about anything, any hard thing I could take to my mom. My dad, not so much. He got a little squirrely. He would be like, I think you should talk to your mother about that one. (laughs) But like, I would go I lost you. Are you back? Am I? Yes, you are. I can what hear is you. That? It's, I don't understand what keeps happening. I don't either. <laughs> like, it's not telling me. It's not either. Like, it just, I can see your video and then, like, you just stop. And I'm like, wait. And then I still hear you. And then you, like, cut out, like, audio and everything. And I was like, wait, I thought I still had her. Right. I know. I don't know. I'm like literally sitting next to the internet modem. So I don't, or whatever it is. Like I'm yeah. just sitting next to it on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wi-Fi. Is this how the internet works? <laughs> I'm touching it to get power. Yes. You're like touching your head with right. your finger and then your other hand on the modem. <laughs> Oh my Honestly, God. I don't know how it works either, but that sounds pretty accurate to me. I don't know, but hopefully it's fine. Hopefully the, the, your listeners get a few great nuggets out of it, even though they're so Oh, they lost. will. <laughs> they definitely will. And yes. The one thing I wanted to ask you about is like your podcast, it's called Being Fearless. And you know, honestly, when I first heard it and before I even heard your first episode, which you touched on, you were like, you talked about being fearless is like, you don't eliminate fear. Like you, you feel the fear, but you do the damn thing anyway. It's like, that's the only way you can shut the thing up. Like literally I've learned that like the past two weeks where there was something I really wanted to do. And I knew I had to do it because I had that pull, but it was like the fear kept coming in. I was like, no, 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 no. It's okay. I'll stay small. Like everything's fine. La la la. But it's not. Yes. And then I finally did the thing that was scary. And then I was like, oh, it wasn't as scary as you thought. Right. And like, I felt so much at peace where my body wasn't reacting in this like frantic state. I was like, oh, Oh, I get it now. Like yeah. I always knew and understood that, but like going through it and fully being aware of what that felt like and what that meant, I was like, okay, 
I get it. Like it's bravery. Yes. Basically, where it's like yeah, being it's fearless, having the courage to do the hard thing or the thing that scares you. And I always tell people there's a difference between something that like scares and terrifies you mm-hmm. than something where it's just like, okay, I really want to do this, but I'm scared to try and put myself out there. Like yes. my motto has always been for the past couple of years, actually, I went into 2018 realizing that I had spent most of my life very scared. And a lot of it had to do with growing up with a chronic illness. I was sick in and out of the hospital all the time. Like life really scared me and beat me down to where the years that you're supposed to, you know, be fearless and take all these risks, like as a kid, I didn't have that. I was always in the hospital. So now flash forward, I'm in my thirties. I never worked through any of that, never did any of the things that scared me. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, like, first of all, my life felt very boring. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a ton of joy in it. I wasn't challenging myself. Mm -hmm. So what I did going into 2018 was I came up with a yearly bucket list of a bunch of things that I've always said, I've always wanted to try this, or it would be so fun to do that. And some of the stuff that I put on there was scary. And I don't even mean scary like we're jumping out of a plane. That's not something you'll ever hear me want to do. That's a terror <laughs> thing. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But like, but I did put um, an obstacle course, like zip lining obstacle course on there. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of heights. Like, but that was scary enough to where I was like, okay, it seems fun. I really want to do it. And I think that was the year that I really came up with the motto, like, be scared, do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Because every time you conquer one of those things, your self-confidence just, it goes up like so high. Even the other day, um, I had one more thing on this year's bucket list Mm -hmm. and it was to climb a rock wall. Again, the girl that's afraid of heights is going to go climb a rock wall. By the way, I brought my 12-year-old niece And I don't know that I would have made it to the top without her there. I mean, this kid is 12. She is fearless. She's going like 80 feet high. I'm struggling with 60. Yeah. Like I got 80% up the wall and I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I came back down and like 10 minutes later, she had done like one or two walls and she was like, Auntie Jackie, I really think you should try again. And I was like, oh, wisdom for a 12 year old. And then she looks at me and she goes, what do you always tell me? And I'm like, be scared, do it anyway. I'm like, fine, let's do this. But like, (laughs) I felt like I got to the top of that rock wall and I was like, I threw up my hands and I was like, oh my God, I did it. Like, I'm still on a high from doing that. Yeah. So like, I always tell people like, being fearless is about having like the self-confidence or like the bravery to do the thing that scares you regardless of the outcome. Like even so much as like have the hard conversation, even though you don't know what the other person's going to say, you know, take yourself out to dinner. Like even though people might look at you and judge you, like that was a big part of my journey. I needed to do things on my own. I needed to stand on my own two feet. I needed to do things on my own because at the time I, this was a couple of years ago, but I had some codependency issues Mm -hmm. and I was your typical, Oh, I have to go to the bathroom. Do you want to come with me girl? And I mean, I'm not that girl anymore, but like if I went shopping or did anything like that, I needed somebody with me. 
Like I needed a safety net and you know what? You can't live with a safety net on. You need to like get out there. You need to do the things you need to be your own person. And again, who cares if you look a little silly? Who cares if you fail? Like life is about learning experiences. And honestly, not everything is going to work out and you are not going to be good at things right out of the gate. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to say that I sucked at rock climbing, but there's some serious room for improvement and I will definitely go again. But like, that's the thing. I feel like so many people don't want to just like put themselves out there and try because it's always that fear of failure. And that was one of my biggest problems like growing up. Like I remember the first job I ever wanted was to be an actress. Mm -hmm. I had such a fear of failing. I wouldn't even try out for like local groups. Yeah. Like it didn't make any sense. I just had so much fear of failure. I also had a fear that I was just going to get sick. And that took me a really long time to let go because truthfully, like I do get sick periodically, but not like in the hospital sick. Like I did when I was younger, like I spent like the first 14 years of my life in and out of the hospital, having multiple surgeries. And for me, it was easier to just give up on a dream then go for it because what's the point I'm just going to get sick that was a hard story to let go yeah I will tell you that was the hardest story for me to let go where I was like okay you're you're not going to get sick like why aren't you doing these things you haven't been like sick sick in years and that was probably one of the hardest things that I really just needed to shed and it takes time you know I mean you know we build up these stories in our minds for years and years and years And then when we decide we don't want them anymore, it's not like a, okay, I'm done with this story and you can move on. No, you have to like do the, you have to do the work. There's different levels to your fear. Like it's not like, yes, there's a general one where it's like with your story where it's like, I'm going to get sick. I can't do anything. Like that stopped you with going after your dreams, but it also stopped you in other ways too, where it's like little, little pathways of like, oh, well, I'm just going to get sick. So I'm not going to make a friend or like whatever else that like manifested for you. And so like, that's what the work is, is you have to keep running through the motions on top of being aware of the story you want to let go of. And then you notice it come out in different ways where it's like, oh, I thought I I thought I knew that. Oh, yeah. That's the dirty little secret. Even when you think you're over something, it can come creeping back in at some of the worst times. Yes. Yes. And it's like, I thought I was over this, but it's like, it's because it's so deeply embedded in us and it was programmed in there. Like you have to keep reprogramming it and it's going to be a little easier each time, but I haven't gotten there personally, but that's what I've been told. And that's what I'm holding on hope to where it's going to get easier, but it's like, it just keeps coming up. And I'm just like, I thought I went I, it's like riding a bicycle where it's like you don't do yes. it for a while and then you have to relearn how to do it and you're like okay but I think that's the beauty of life and challenges is it's going to show you something different so you can learn something new and all of these challenges that are showing up are teaching you what you need to learn to become you ultimately yeah and like the best version of you and really like our souls are here in our body in this human experience to learn all that they can. So why not give them that opportunity? Yes. So you don't have to keep learning it in the next life cycle or on your deathbed, you finally learn it. Like why not learn and enjoy your life through it? And 
that's what helps me sleep at night and like helps yeah. me through the everyday stuff because it's not it's not easy like at all no and there I, there are definitely days where like certain stories creep in for me I mean quite frankly I had one yesterday mm-hmm. where I was just like and you just have to here's the thing you have to sit with things sometimes like you have to sit with things you have to get quiet you have to which is hard for a loudmouth Italian like myself, but like <laughs> you have to, like people always joke, they're like, you can be quiet. Yes, I swear to God, I can meditate. Um, but like, cause seriously, if you've known me for a long time, it's like, oh, I just don't see it. But sometimes you just have to get quiet with yourself, maybe do a meditation. I mean, for me, I love to take my dog for a walk and just like breathe it out. But sometimes you have to figure out why is this coming up for me? How can I change this story? And the other thing, and my Nana always said this when you're feeling bummed out about stuff, my Nana used to tell me, sometimes you just need a good cry to let it out and then put on your big girl pants and keep going. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel the emotions. Like I tell my clients that all the time. I'm like, whatever you're feeling right now, it's okay, but you can't get stuck there mm-hmm. because that's where, like, that's what happens to a lot of us. We all of a sudden get stuck in, I'm not worthy of love. I'm not enough. I can't do this. And it's all a bunch of negative stuff. And if you stay there, then you're just going to, it's like a vicious cycle. You're going to keep yes. being there. You literally have to say in your brain, and I've said out loud, like, Jackie, stop. Like, mm-hmm. stop. And I've turned around and been like, you are Jackie motherfucking Robbins. You can do this. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, give yourself, like, I tell people all the time, I'm like, give yourself a pep talk. And if you need one, like, you come to me because I don't care what you come to me with. I will make sure that you walk away feeling better about it because no matter what it is, it's probably not catastrophic. And it's probably you needing to see another view. And I mean, I'm probably better at this with other people, but I'm very good at flipping the script. Mm-hmm. It's harder on yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I could like flip the script for you and then you'd be like, but you need the same advice. And I'd be like, what? No. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I'm struggling with that too. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were a mirror. Interesting. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, because sometimes I hear things come out of my mouth and I'm like, huh, that's good. (laughs) It's very true. And like, uh, that happens to me more often than not, where it's like, there's also this meme where it's like the guy and it's like, oh, did I just need to take my own advice? Like, what? (laughs) And like, that's me all the time. And when you're talking about getting quiet with yourself, sometimes, and this is hard because it's addictive being on your phone. Oh my God. That's the thing I need to pull away from because I've noticed and I've learned that I have this vision. I have like this idea, this grandiose like dream. And I'm like, yes, I'm fired up about it. And then I go online and then I start getting inspiration. And then I start seeing how other people are doing it. And like, it just, it's a rabbit hole. Oh my God. It's a rabbit hole. Yes. And it pulls me back out of the vision. And then all of a sudden my energy is like scattered everywhere. It's like, I'm paying attention to everything. And sometimes I just need to pull back, which is hard and 
just be like, okay, no, this is going to be on airplane mode and that's going to just slide underneath my laptop and I'm not even going to look at it. I'm not even going to worry about it. And if I have an important phone call coming in, I'll put it in my room and I'll leave it on loud and I'll only go and answer that phone call. Like that's the biggest thing that I need to really let go of and let go of that story of like, I need to be present. Like I need to be seen so people can come to me, like create their own story freedom. Like it's this whole like, yeah ego trip where it's like I feel like I need to do this and that and then all that other stuff look at all these other people and how they're doing things and you get that like should I be doing that why am I not there yet and it's all these like like not great feelings and they're all coming at you and then whatever you set out to do like you said you hopped online for inspiration and what in turn happened was a lot of confusion. Like, because I've definitely done that. Like I've looked at other coaches and been like, Oh, they're more successful than me. But I mean, success is relative to the person. Yes. Like that's how I look at it. I always look at it as like success is relative to the person. And I don't know what you're going through because generally on social media, you're only seeing the highlight reel. Yeah. So it's like most people, I don't necessarily do this because I want to show you the ugly. Like I, again, I talk about poop in statuses on a regular basis because all of the people that, you know, maybe follow me because of my ulcerative colitis journey, the fact that I've had my colon removed, I'm not going to sugarcoat what's happened to me. Mm -hmm. Like maybe my story can inspire you to keep going and that's what, I truly want to do. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to be the person that's like, this is my perfect family. This is my perfect dog. My house is never dirty. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not that person. Like, really, it just looks like a bomb hit my house Christmas <laughs> <laughs> right now. Someone threw up Christmas in the house. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like, I keep looking at the decorations and I'm like, should I take them down now? Should I wait till after the new year? Can I right. keep the tree up for six months? Right. <laughs> I really like the tree. Yeah. And it's very true. Like I've, I heard this quote and it was speak from the scar and not from the pain. Oh my God. I love that. Yes, And that is my biggest problem is I would speak from the pain. I speak from the darkness, like in the trenches. And it's like, yeah, that's like, I want to be honest about it, but I also don't want to just speak all this negative shit because no one's going to learn from that. They're just going to take that on and take it on with them. And like, that's not what I want to give. So I have, now I'm in this like transition of like, okay, like I'm going through the pain. I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to figure it out. Like I'm still going to show up on social media. Like I'm not going to, like, I'm going to be honest. Like, Hey, I'm going through some stuff. Like, I I don't know. Like we'll figure it out and we'll get, yeah. like, go from there. But I, I want to let you know, this is what's going on. Exactly. Because I'm real. <laughs> yes, exactly. And like, also partly why I love this podcast. Cause I record weekly and it's like, I like, being able to talk about what's going on because it gives you the sense of realness. And it's, it's really hard for me to put that in a caption. Like I, I know I can speak it. Like if someone <laughs> too bad, I can't like, just like speak. And then the caption just like kind of pops up, but I made it. Yeah. But sometimes, honestly, sometimes it helps. Like I'll read, like I'll talk as I'm typing. So then it actually comes out like me, but yeah. So that's the biggest transition that I'm going through right now is like speaking from the scar and like what I've learned and what I've taken away. Cause that's the inspiration there. Like that's the part, but I also am having trouble with using social media as a crutch where like I download what I, 
I put on there like what I was downloaded, what I learned. And then like, it's almost like my ego satisfied or like something is satisfied within me where it's like, okay, we're done with that. We can let that go. And then the next time it pops up and I'm like, wait, wait, what did I learn again? And I have to go on Instagram to like figure out what I learned. And it's like, that's the most frustrating part where it's like, I wish I want to figure out like how to turn off that internal like switch where it's like, okay, it's gone. It's out there. I don't have to rethink about it. And I do the same thing when I journal, like it's on the page. I don't have to think about it anymore, but it's like, but you still do like, it's going to come up again. So how, like, you know, I always have trouble with, and this goes back to my squirrel brain. Mm -hmm. Like there are things that like I'll hear on a podcast or I'll read in a book and I'll probably highlight it. I'll want to remember it and I'll want it to like stick in my brain, but I do have a really hard time. Like, especially if I'm listening to like an awesome podcast where there's so much, you know, great information where I'm like, okay, you should remember that and remember this and remember this. And like what ends up happening is the stuff that I was meant to like download and retain is usually what stays there and what Mm -hmm. sticks with me. And then I usually can try to like, put it into real life and talk about it that way. Like, I don't have a great example right now, but like, I guarantee you your quote about speaking from the scar, not the pain is Mm -hmm. definitely going to resonate with me because I think that's beautiful. Like one of, um, one of the quotes that I always loved, I actually tattooed on my ribs last year. I'll tell you that story in a second (laughs) from pain comes strength. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like growing up, like I was in so much pain all the time. My stomach always hurt. Like I just, I never felt good. Like there was so much just actual pain growing up, not even like the pain of like heartbreak or anything like that. It was actual pain. And everybody used to say to me, but you're so strong. You're so strong. Okay. You're not giving me a choice. I have no choice. Like, it's not like I can just be like, well, I don't feel like being in pain today. I don't really want to do this today. It doesn't work that way. And I took a lot of like my illness and anger and pushed it so far down that when I decided to work on it a couple years ago and actually speak out about it, because this is hard to believe, but I was very embarrassed about it for a long time. I mean, I remember trying to tell someone about it once and I had to have like four glasses of wine to like just explain to them what it was. Like this was a person I was dating and I was like, oh God, this doesn't feel good. I shouldn't have to drink four glasses of wine to talk about my illness. And then last year I decided um, I'm an ambassador for the Crohn's and the Colitis Foundation. So I'm an advocate for the disease and I occasionally get to do the inspirational speech. And last year I decided to join what's called the team challenge, which is a half marathon. Mm -hmm. I have never run a half marathon in my life before this. Basically I could do a 5k and I was kind of dying doing it, but no, last year around this time I decided I want to do something bold. I want to raise money for the cause. I'm going to run a half marathon. And I spent five months training for this sucker And when they asked me to do an inspirational speech the night before, I was ready to throw up and I was so scared, but I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And to commemorate that and the fact that I bought my own house that same week, I had my parents, my dad wrote from pain, my mom wrote come strength, and I tattooed it on my ribs to just 
I lost you again. Are you I'm back? I'm not sure. There we go. Okay. Woo! <laughs> but you wrote, so your dad, your mom wrote with My pain. dad wrote from pain, and then my mom wrote come strength. I love that. Yeah, and I just... I don't see it as much because like it's on your ribs. So you don't see it as much, but I know that it's there. And every once in a while, when I'm feeling like particularly down, I just kind of put my hand there. But like, again, it was sort of a tribute to my parents. And also like, you guys, I don't know if anybody listening to this is a runner. Running is hard. Running is so hard. Oh my God, I wanted to die in the middle of Boston at the 11th mile. I just wanted to lie down and die. It was so hard. But running was one of those things that taught me to quiet my mind. Because it's so hard, the only thing you can do is get lost in the moment and lost in whatever inspirational music you put on there. And I had like, I had placed certain songs where like I needed them like Demi Lovato confident would come in like halfway through and or like I am the warrior by like (laughs) (laughs) like I had like all these songs that would keep me going but the whole time I just kept saying to myself you can do this you can do that like I just had to keep saying it and I would say it out loud I would be running and I'd be like Jackie you can keep going don't stop and I mean I am not the fastest runner. I did not make the fastest time, but you know what? I got out there, I raised the money and I did it. And it, it really was one of the most amazing accomplishments of my life. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying all y'all should go out and like run a half marathon. If that's not your thing, no, but it did, it did teach me to really like quiet my mind. Like I would go out for like five to seven mile run and I knew I'd be out there for like over an hour and I would just be like it doesn't matter how long this takes me just you know breathe and get through it and I tell people all the time if you are going to run a half marathon understand that that first mile right out of the gate really sucks and then you start to get your stride um but I'm telling you that 11th mile whoa, I, I was ready to like lie down and I won't forget it because what did the kid, the kid yelled, there was a kid that yelled something. I think he was like run Jack's run. Cause my nickname is Jackson. It was on my shirt yeah. and I was just like, okay, I'm going to keep running. Like it was like just this random kid that was like, go Jack's go. And I was like, huh? Okay. Yeah. Like and that was just one of the, like, it's so stupid, but like, you have two miles to go and your body is just like, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's very, it's very interesting how like in your mind, you knew you had two miles and like your body was like, okay, we're done. Like, yeah, it it just is a testament to what your old pattern is and how that kid like quote unquote randomly said, go Jack's go. And like inspired you to keep up. That was not random. That was, yeah. it was almost like the universe knew you were going to do this. You also yeah. knew you were going to do this and you needed that extra like to keep you going. I, yeah, I needed something. Beautiful. And I remember there was a couple of times where I sort of like, hold on, <clears throat> excuse me. I would look up to the sky and just be like, 
okay, spiritual team, like push me through. And there were a couple of times where I would just look up and be like, we can do this, right? Like, yeah. And every time I got like this, it was weird. I got like this burst of energy. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was only going to be for like a quarter of a mile. Yeah. Because again, running is so hard, but like, I just kept looking for like signs as to keep going. And the other thing too, was I had come too far to quit. Like there comes a part in your journey when you're doing something hard, where you're just going to sit back and be like, I've come too far to quit two more miles you've already done 11. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I think running taught me a lot, like running taught me patience, running taught me to be quiet and running taught me that like, you really can do hard things and whatever that is for you, that's fine. It does not have to be running a half marathon, but I think more people need to find that like thing that is hard enough that when they get to a certain point, they're like, well, I'm not going to quit now. That's just silly. Yeah. You know, like, and I equate it to running for me. Like that was a big challenge. Um, and the worst part is a couple of years ago, I talked myself out of doing it. Yeah. Like I had talked myself out of doing it because I, I really was scared that I wasn't going to be able to do it. And I chalked that up to my body, not being able to do it because I struggle with dehydration yeah. And I talked myself out of it because I was like, oh, no, 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 you're definitely going to get sick. Like, you're going to get dehydrated. It's going to be awful. Your body's going to hurt. I went right back to my story of you're sick. You can't do things. Yeah. And, you know, n- not to say that that was a bad thing. Like, maybe you generally weren't or genuinely weren't ready for that. And your ego came in to save you from yeah. that experience because it could have gone that way. And it's like, I truly believe that our ego isn't bad all the time because there's no. a, there's there's sometimes when you're genuinely not ready and that thing saves you from like yes from whatever I guess it would be like falling flat on your fucking face or like spending yeah. that time in the hospital like either way you weren't ready to learn that part of the lesson yet you were ready to learn the triumph the overcome like the the ability to, I can do anything. Like that was yes. the lesson you needed. Yes. To and maybe later on in life, you'll get that lesson of, you know, falling flat on your face, like kind of thing, or like whatever that other lesson was. But, um, we talked about, um, our bodies and our reaction to stuff. And, um, what I've learned is that our, so our thoughts like that's our mental space. And then our emotions are our body's reactions to those thoughts because they're connected. So most of the time, like when we have a thought and our body reacts to like wanting to give up and then our body starts getting tired and we're like, okay, yeah. we're done. Like that's our body's reaction to it. And it's not necessarily that your emotions are bad or you have to control them or you have to not feel them. It's more of like, you have to learn that, your mind wants you to stop whatever you're doing, yeah. whenever it's scary. And yeah. it's like, you have to start telling your stu- yourself, like, I can do this. Like, let's keep going. And then you'll notice the body, yeah. your body shift from that. And it's yeah. like, that's way off of what we were talking, but I wanted to say it earlier, but it, you know, you told that story and that's a beautiful story. And I love, like, I hope that I find my running, like whatever that looks yeah. like. Oh, absolutely. You like, just, you will. 
because that's truly like what we want is not necessarily what you do. Like maybe I'm, I am not a runner and I will never be a runner. Like I'm definitely not going to try a marathon. I know that for a fact, like. <laughs> and that's okay. Like I tell people that all the time, like that's okay. I got two reactions when I told people I was training for a half marathon. Mm-hmm. The first one was, oh my God, why? And the second one is I could never do that. And when people would say I could never do that, mm-hmm. my I had a very specific reaction to them. Well, no, not with that attitude. Like mm-hmm. I always live by whether you think you can or you think you can't, yep. you're right. It's not that these people can't run a half marathon. It's either it's not important to them, which is fine. If you don't yep. want to run a half marathon, that is fine. Or it's that you're scared to try. And for me at first, it was that I was scared to try. And like, I had a running coach. Like I didn't just decide, oh, I'm going to run a half marathon. Like, because I did it through the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, I had both a running coach and a fundraising coach. And my running coach really talked to me. And it was so funny because we used to talk about mindset during our runs. And he would just be like, Jackie, your body is going to do what your mind believes it can do. And I'm, I still struggle with that one with, you know, my illness and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, like it always sat with me when I would run, even if I had to stop and like take a walking break, mm-hmm. I would always think if you believe you can finish this, you can finish this. And the thing with running is some runs look great. And some runs are just fucking ugly. Like you're sucking wind for six miles. And like, I always joke, like, if you take me, I'm great until like eight or nine miles. And then I start to like lose some momentum. Mm -hmm. But like, if I'm running like a five mile race, like there's a chance it's going to be no problem. We can like bang that out. Or there's going to be days where I'm like, you didn't fuel your body properly. You didn't drink enough you didn't sleep enough. And it's just going to be one of those ugly races. That's why I think running was really humbling because it's not something that you're going to be great at every single time you go out, no matter how often you do it, you're not going to be great every time. Like I remember a six mile run we did in Boston for training. Six miles was in my wheelhouse. I was bringing up like what I called the ass end of the group. I was like (laughs) dead last there. And like, I ended up, you know, running with the coach afterwards, but for the first three miles, I was like, I don't think I can do this. And I kept saying it to myself. And then when my running coach was with me, she was like, you can totally do this. Like you've done this before. And I was like, why am I struggling? And you know what? It's in the struggle that that's where the confidence comes in, where you just have to say to yourself, I can do this. Like I can and equate this to whatever you want. Again, doesn't have to be running. But it's okay to struggle. I don't find it okay enough to give up because you're struggling because what comes after the struggle is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And a ton of self-confidence. Yeah. And, you know, if if you crack under the struggle, like, that's also okay. That's a part of your path. Yes. Like, you have Take to- break. Yes. And like, if you have to quit, then you have to quit. Like maybe the running isn't for you or like whatever you're trying to do. And you feel that struggle so immensely that you quit, that quitting isn't wrong for you. You're just doing the wrong thing. You're not doing what you're being called to do. And when you were talking about how every time you do something, it's going to be different. And like, 
that's the download, friends. Like everything <laughs> is rewritable. Every yeah. time you step into something new, every time you take a shower, it's different. It's yeah. going to be different. Every time you wake up from your bed, it is rewritable. You can yes. show up differently. Like that is the choice that we have. And, you know, there's a difference between quitting because you're scared or quitting because genuinely this is not for you. Yeah. And not everything is going to be for you. Exactly. And just going back to like what you just said about like waking up in the morning and rewriting your story, that's a fear-based thing for people because I feel like people think like, I know during my journey, and this was hard, I assumed that everybody, when I decided to evolve and become a I'm going to say a different person, but like just the person I was truly meant to be like somebody who's just unapologetic about who I am. I lost a lot of people in my life. And I think that's what truly scares people. Like, because you can every day decide to be the best version of yourself and it looks differently, but that doesn't mean that everybody's going to come with you. And that my friend was the hardest pill that I had to swallow through my journey. Like, I always joke, I have two best friends. They have stayed with me through thick and thin. I've had one of them for 38 years. We've been friends since we were in diapers. The other one we met in middle school, we've been friends for so many years. But I mean, there were so many people that were just like, I don't know if they were threatened that I was trying to do different things or that all of a sudden I wasn't like... I used to be a pretty judgmental person and I had no problem with like gossip judgment and all of that garbage. And it always left me feeling like shit when we were talking about other people. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And then all of a sudden those friend groups that would be like, Oh my God, did you see what she was wearing? And I was like, don't worry about what she's wearing. I'm sure that that made her happy. They were just like, Oh yeah. Like that's not what we want to do. Even in my work environment, I'm known for dismissing myself. If it starts getting even remotely gossipy or negative, I'm just like, and you should, you guys should use this because I just go, oh my God, I gotta go guys, see you later. And I just like bounce. Like there's no rhyme or reason to it, but everybody knows if you start getting like really negative and like shitty and start talking about other people, that doesn't feel good to me. So I just bounce, but it really just goes back to, you know, one of the scariest things about when you're trying to rewrite your story and when you're trying to become the best version of you, the cold hard truth is that not everybody's going to come with you and you can't make them. Cause the other thing that I tried to do was come with me, come be a better person. Like come be, come do these things with me. And there was so much resistance. And I realized now, like that's your path, not mine. I can only worry about what I'm doing and how I'm showing up. Yes, because so when you're talking about that, like it just made me realize that I lost my family during this oh, process. Like, wow. like that's probably the biggest pill I had to swallow because I'm a very much a family person and I didn't yeah. have very many friends. And so I guess the next closest thing to lose was my family. Like, and you know, they still try to connect with me, but it's like, there's so much pain and hurt that I have to work through to be like, okay, I forgive you. Like, let's have a conversation, but I'm slowly realizing that they're not the kind of people I want in my life. And that's, you know, that's the hard truth of it. And I don't talk about that a lot because I don't want to speak from the pain. I want to speak from the scar of like, okay, I realized that I had to do that, but. But uh, that's something that you're working through and that's okay. Exactly. And 
you know, there's a lot of heartache that comes with this process because not only do you have, do you lose people that you thought were going to be with you forever, you lose the old you that you are so comfortable with, but you also have to start being honest about what you have done, what you are doing and what you continue to do. Like it's, it's the honesty part that also scares people away. Hello, that was me. Like I did not want to get honest about what I was saying, what I was doing. Like we are air signs sister. Like I'm a Libra and you're a Gemini. Like that gossip. Ooh, girl like I can't no, we were in it <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm still in it like and I'm still trying to break out of that and I can yeah. see I can it's almost like I witness myself in the moment of the gossip where it's like oh 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 nope nope it's too late stop, it's like, stop gotta go like it's already out of my mouth I'm so sorry I'm I'm out like <laughs> I know I always say that I'm like sometimes I'll say something and I'm like oh no like and then it's okay to to like what's the saying that I'm looking for like, it's okay to do it again or something like that. Like, okay, you just said something that you don't feel good about. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be like, oh God, I'm sorry. Like that was uncalled for. Yes. Like, you know, apologize and then say it again or, you know, whatever it is. But I mean, I kind of felt like my old me, I sort of like burned her to the ground. And like, now I just, I, I love the person that I was. Mm-hmm. I have a special place in my heart for her. But she wasn't the person that I was meant to be. And she made decisions that I wouldn't agree with now. Yeah. You know, Um, but just going back to your family, I think one of the hardest things that I had to do um, with one particular family member is I just had to stop and accept them for who they are and accept that they're not going to understand me Mm -hmm. because, well, and it goes back to like, not everybody's going to like you. But it was one of those things where, you know, I just needed to speak my truth to them. And then it felt so freeing. And then after that, it was fine because I just made, and this was an aha, like instant decision where I spoke my truth. We talked about it for a few minutes and then I just decided, okay, I'm just going to accept you for the person that you are because you're not like me you don't, you know, like we're very different. So I'm just going to accept you for who you are. And that's all we can really do about those people. And it's harder when it's family. Absolutely. Like Mm -hmm. for me, I lost the man I thought was the love of my life. Mm -hmm. Like we had been together for years. And when I started becoming a different person, he wasn't coming with me. And then we realized we weren't compatible Mm -hmm. and it was super heartbreaking. But There are, and that's, you know, maybe an extreme circumstance, but they're just, the fact of the matter is when you decide to change your story and rewrite how you're looking at things, there are people that aren't going to come with you and that's okay because they're not your people. Yes. Yeah. And like with the whole family thing, like it is very lonely. Like I went through a period of being alone and like all I had was Daniel and Kobe. Like that's, that was my life. That's pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, as much as I love them, I needed my people and slowly but surely I started finding those people. Like, thank you to true live and Jillian and like all that stuff. I started finding my people and it wasn't so lonely anymore where it's like, okay, like there are people out there who appreciate me, who know me and aren't toxic about it, you know? And like, you know, looking back at generational patterns, like the, the, um, the glue that held our family together was toxic femininity. Like that was the toxic 
there was, I had females in my life, but they were in the toxic spectrum of stuff and that's what they grew up in. And that's what I was starting to grow up in. And I slowly started seeing like, okay, like, I don't want to be toxic anymore. Like this doesn't feel good. Like I don't want to mirror that into the world. And so when I started slowly started to do that, I started seeing the truth of it. And it's like, okay, like I can accept my family, but what I, what gets me is the trigger of the mirror that I see within myself. Yeah. you know and like that's the part where it's like okay I still need to be alone in this like I still need to pull back from that yeah. side and like kind of figure this out but it's almost like I always took on everybody else's energy and I felt their pain and I yes. wanted to help them oh and I God, wanted to, yes. and I wanted to take their pain and not only did that not help them it didn't help me and it's like I slowly learned like okay there's boundaries that I need to place and if I don't feel good about like my cousin's wedding is happening and I placed the boundary there. No, like I want to go, but it's not good for me. And it's not going to be good for anybody that's there because that's a great decision that you made a very hard one, but that's, you know, that's your sanity. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, I'm, they live in California and it's like, I'm not going to, I don't value spending my money for that kind of thing. Yes. It's going to be like, there's no guarantee it's going to be good, but there's no guarantee it's going to be bad, but it's like, yeah, I, I know, like, I know, I know it's not going to be good for me. Yes. Like, it's going to be good for everybody because, you know, it's a front. It's a front that everything's okay and everything is not okay. Yes. And I'm not, I'm done pretending that things are okay because they are not. <laughs> like, right. oh, like, that's my family. Sweep it under the rug. There we go. There's no more mess. Like, you know. <laughs> and I, I, it's that's a, most families, I think. I, that's a generational probably. thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And like the, like women, I know, like, I don't know how old your mom is. And my mom was never this person. She was always a louder, boisterous person. Mm -hmm. But I know like back in the day, like we were told like, be quiet, like look pretty, be quiet, like do whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Like I didn't grow up in that kind of house. Like my mom was a a controversial mom right from the get go. Like I remember her doing letters to the editor about things she didn't like that was going on in our town. I mean, my mom, and you know, like that was, but that was a great role model. I have so much respect for my mom and her just being like, I don't give a fuck what they think. And I'm like, and it took me so long to feel that way that I'm like, and you know what she said to me too, because she was actually in her thirties when she took this attitude. It's not like she did it her whole life. Mm -hmm. Cause I used to say to her like, oh, how could you do that? And she goes, I just don't care what other people think. And I'm like, I want that. Yes. And there's and, still moments, but. Yeah. And like, what if, what if everything, like, because you want that, like, what if everything you're going through right now is preparing you for that attitude? Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> Everybody yeah. can get there. There's just, I think there's just a point where you're just like enough. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, that's usually like, you know, when people seek out like working with coaches and stuff like that, like you've had enough, you want to change. Like that's some why I was drawn to Jill when I first started working with her. Mm-hmm. Like I just wanted to change. I wanted to look at certain things differently. And yes, I would. Oh no, I lost you. Just a little music till we get Jackie back. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) I don't understand. 
it really is. But you were saying that you, um, you hired Jillian because you enough was enough. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like, and well, I felt like at the time I was like, enough is enough. She's not the first coach I've worked with, but at the time I needed something like really one-on-one to just pull me out of my bullshit stories. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I always joke with people. I'm like, I was balls deep in a bullshit story, like about how my sickness was going to ruin my life. And really it just wasn't. So like, sometimes you just need to like, work with somebody who's a few steps ahead of you who has been through that and came out the other side and lived to tell her however you want to put it. But like you should, you should never feel like you're going through this journey alone because even though you may, like you said, you know, you only had your family. You didn't, you know, feel like you had a lot of friends. How many friends did you make at that one event alone? Like, you may not see them all the time, but, like, I know I made friends there, like, you in particular, where, like, we didn't even meet, Mm -hmm. but, like, there was still a connection, you know, via social media, the the beauty of social media. So it's like, you know, and I never understood that ridiculous saying that was like, you're the sum of the five people you hang out with. Like, I remember thinking about that years ago and looking around and being like, well, that's not good. Like... (laughs) Yes. But now like the people that I choose to surround myself with, they empower me. They don't make me feel like garbage. Yeah. Where at the time I looked around and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> these people have no goals in life. All they do is trash talk other people and they're so miserable. I was like, what are you doing? But then there's that moment of how do I, how do I fix it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fix it? Yeah. It's gradual. I mean, it's gradual. That's really yes. like, it's a baby step. I always joke, um, baby steps are still steps forward. So yeah, even if you have to take the smallest steps forward, which I am a huge baby stepper, Mm -hmm. take the steps forward and do the things and just let it play out. You just have to trust in the universe and surrender to, you know, these people may not come with you, but you're probably going to find people that make you feel amazing. Yes. And it's almost like I had to give myself the permission in the sense of like, I had to allow myself to open up to that. I had to allow myself to open up to that connection because that first day at True Live, I was shut down like a fucking bank vault. I was like, nope, I don't need (laughs) Oh, I felt wicked out of place. I was there by myself. Same. Yeah. How did we not sit? How did I not find you? That's so terrible. I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we can but redeem ourselves, Jack. Like, <laughs> like, I remember feeling really out of place, and Jill was like, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And then all of a sudden, a very it was one of those moments where they made us hug for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I looked around, and I was like, oh, my God, everybody's hugging. I know no one. What do I do? And the yes. right... And yes. the woman behind me was like, come here, sister. And I was, and I just said, thank you. Yes. Like just the words, thank you came out. I was so grateful because I felt so out of place. And when you're at those kind of events, yes, there's a level of feeling out of place if you go alone and you don't go with people, which is what you and I both did. Mm-hmm. But there's also like, it's one of the most accepting, loving environments you could possibly be in, which yes. is what made it less scary. But I'm going to tell you right now, going to any event and doing anything alone is just scary. Yes. Well, what sucked is I was in the first row and there were two empty seats next to me. And then there was a group of friends that oh. were all together. Yeah. And like, 
I don't want to say that they were catty, but I felt a vibe where it was like, I was different. Yeah. Yes. And I was different and they're like not welcoming. And it's like, okay, like, cool. Everybody else in this room is mimicking that vibe. Cool. Fantastic. And then like the first time when she said to hug somebody, I just kind of stood there and I hugged myself. And then. Oh, I just was a deer in headlights. (laughs) I was like, uh, okay, like I'll (laughs) hug myself. And then Jillian gave me a hug, but it was just awkward in those moments because everybody had someone to hug. And I was like the odd man out. And I was like, this is more proof of that story where I'm just an outsider. Like I don't fit in. But then like, obviously the events of the weekend transpired and I was absolutely like, that's the power there. Like that's my power being the outsider and being okay with hugging myself. Like, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Standing there and being like, okay, well, I don't have anybody to hug right now, but I love me. So what up girl? Long time no see. Like, Oh my God, I love it. Oh, I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah. Cause I definitely felt pretty out of place. And there was a vibe in front of me, the people that were in front of me, there was, you know, it almost felt like it was very clicky because mm-hmm. I had tried to like strike up a conversation and then- you in did- the second row? No, I was like oh. four or five rows back in the okay. corner near the bathroom because that's where my comfort zone is. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like you were on the other side in the front, but like I needed to be- because I need to be near a bathroom just for my own comfort zone. Um, So I was on the end, but the girls that were behind me and beside me were like, so amazing. They were so nice, very welcoming. But there was like that one moment where I was just like, oh my God, I'm looking around and I was like, everybody knows each other. Yep. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's always a hard moment because like, I don't generally go to those things by myself. If I'm not volunteering, like I know you saw you, um, you actually interviewed Amber a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I usually try to volunteer for her event. So it, it's a different type of like atmosphere. And now I know a bunch of those people. But when I walked in even to volunteer last year, I was ready to throw up on my shoes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's- again, be scared, do it anyway. Yes. And sometimes like you have to go through that experience yourself. Like I was very codependent. Like when you said that, I was like that. Yes, girlfriend, like me too. And that was something I need to do to break out of that and like open myself up to meeting other sisters, like creating that soul sisterhood ship. And like, it just, that weekend alone, like just changed the, Oh my God, it was so beautiful. Yes. It just changed the way my life is now. And it's just crazy how two days, two yeah. days, eight hours together, like how it could just shift and, uh, yeah. yeah. I, well, it's one of those things where, and Jill says it too, she's like, don't just leave here, like go take bold action. And it's almost like you need to hurry up and do it. Yes. Like, I know that sounds weird, but it's almost like when you come off of a very inspirational anything. Like, I know, like, Mel Robbins always talks about the five-second rule. When you want to do something, it's, like, five, four, three, two, one, action. Like, go do something. I feel like a couple of us came out of True You and was, like... Five, four, three, two, one. Yes, go. And, like, we needed to do it. And, like, that's what these events are about. You're not supposed to go there for two days, feel all the things, and then go home and do nothing. Like, that's not what they're trying to teach you. It's the contrary. Like, it's totally opposite yeah but yeah I love those events I try to go to them at least twice a year hopefully more um you know if they're local drivable ones um 
but I find them to be absolutely amazing. And someday I actually hope to host some of my own. Fuck yes. That is also yeah. a dream of mine. Yes. Yeah. We're putting it out there. It's out there. It's on a, it's on a podcast. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. actually one of the things that um, I'm dreaming big about for 2020 is I would like to give some um, inspirational talks at some local businesses about yeah. how to boost your confidence. Yeah. Because I think that that's really what a lot of this boils down to is life has a way of beating us down, ruining our self-esteem and I want to help all the women I can build that back up and just say, fuck it, let's do this. Yeah. Amen, so, sister. Like yeah. that, that yes. is also the boat I'm in, but it, my focus is the stories because that's yes. where I was. And, and that's perfect. Yeah. That's and right it's, where you're supposed to be. Exactly. And it's all, it's all the same thing. Like it's all the same thing and we're all going to get there at the same, like at not the same time, but you know, we're going to get there eventually, no matter what we focus on. Exactly. Exactly. As long as it takes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that's why not everybody has the same dream. Like we have the same dream of speaking and having our own events, but they're going to be, but they all look different and completely Jackie. Like, you know, like that's the beauty of this. And I am, Oh, I'm so thankful that we finally like had this conversation. I know this is awesome. And we had some hiccups, but we got there and (laughs) (laughs) couple technical difficulties. (laughs) Sorry guys. That's okay. That is okay. That is what I live for. Life. Life. Yeah. It's it is life and you it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. That's right. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank I, you uh, for having me. I appreciate yes, it. Of course. And I've honestly, I was dying for this conversation because I was like, I feel a connection here and I don't really know what it is, but I'm excited to find out what that connection oh, I is. I love it. Thank so you. stoked. Yes. Yes. And um, where can people find you if they're interested in finding more about Jackie motherfucking Robbins? <laughs> I actually have a website. It's JackieMRobbins.com. And then you can find me on Instagram. It's at being fearless Jacks, J-A-X. Beautiful. And that will be all in the show notes. So you don't have to look that hard, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Make it easy. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, we will definitely chat again, friend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Story Freedom. And I truly hope that it is giving you some clarity and some guidance on where you need to break the chains of your past and to build a new foundation of truth to stand on your truth and ultimately is helping you stay present in your current moments. I am truly so honored that you listened to this podcast and you took time out of your day to spend it with me. It's amazing. Thank you. I am also honored that you support me in this journey and that you also enjoy me as your host and the and also the beautiful souls that I bring onto the show with me. I would love nothing more than to see you, to connect with you, and to vibe with you. Come kick it with me on Instagram at Value Victoria and at Story Freedom. And if you want to work more with me, you can check out the Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash storyfreedom. Come and check out the Story Freedom movement. This movement is all about creating your own unique story freedom journey, embracing your individuality and bringing that to life. I'm so excited. Until next time, friends, stay excelsior.